Thanks to Manly Bands for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Manly Bands help men find wedding bands that fit their personality and their budget with unique and stylish designs. To get 21% off your Manly Band for a limited time and get a free silicone ring, go to manlybands.com slash applebits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host. Doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Welcome, everybody. Hey, this is episode 184. We keep on rolling, and, you know, we are now, it looks like a couple weeks out from Apple keynote announcements. The last time we heard is that we might see press events sometime next week on September the 7th. So we will keep our eyes out on that. But Obviously, we know still a little bit of calm from the storm before the storm, but we have so much coming. We got to talk about the Apple Watch Series 7. We got more iPhone news. We have a little talk about Apple's new AR VR headset that had been getting a lot of steam and then it kind of took a seat back and is relaxed. Also, if you really believe the Apple car is coming, you might want to hear what we have to say about that. But first, obviously, let's get to our orders of business. If you want to be a part of this show, Add some texture and flavor. All you got to do is call in, record a voice memo from your phone, your laptop, whatever device you're on. Send it in to applebitsshow at gmail.com. That's applebits with a Z. Your name, where you're from, what you want to talk about. And I know that the snowball effect of all the calls are going to come once Apple puts out some new goodies. But look, we're just we're just a few weeks away. So if you want to kind of get ahead of that line, send in the call and uh, we'll put it on the show. Also, this show is brought to you by you. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can sponsor and support the show starting at $2 per month. What'd you get? Early access to content, rewards at different levels, and a completely ad-free version of the show. Plus, we do our monthly Zoom call and more. All you have to do, Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. And I really am so grateful for all the continued support. And that's how we keep this stuff going. So thank you. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Let's start off the show. We're not going to talk about iPhone right out of the gates because I think we have more juicy stuff when it comes to the Apple Watch Series 7. And I do feel like the Apple Watch Series 7, the the new design is going to be great, but I don't know what else they're going to really offer that is going to be super, super compelling. I mean, when you talk about the reports that we're expecting to see a larger screen, that is compelling. But I would say beyond the new design and really the larger screen is what matters, not even the new design. Is that going to be compelling enough for a lot of people to upgrade? And if I was just not reviewing tech and I'm a general consumer and I hear that's the biggest change, I'm probably going to be like, unless the battery life takes a miracle swing and can get me easily past two days, I'm probably not feeling too hot about it. But you know what? Maybe Apple's going to give us a little extra time to think about this because The latest reports that we've seen all week is that the Apple Watch Series 7 production has reportedly been delayed due to quality issues of the production units that they've been able to see, check out, and just hasn't passed Apple's typically stringent quality tests. And so multiple reports have been talking about this. The initial report from Nikkei Asia talked about the new complicated design being a factor involved in this. So It started with a small-scale production about a week ago, and during that small-scale where they kind of really look at this, okay, after the final designs have been set in, they put out the product, does it meet the standards that they expect? Well, they encountered what they called critical challenges 
in reaching a satisfactory production performance, according to multiple people. And what they did is that because of that, they have halted the production lines and they aren't going back to the drawing board, but they're going to work on these designs. Some of the components, really the new design involved, involves a new kind of screen lamination process that brings the screen up closer to the glass so it doesn't feel as deep. We obviously have heard in the past few weeks that the Apple Watch will now come in two new sizes, just slightly larger. Currently, it's 40 millimeter and 44 millimeter. It's going to make a little baby bump to 41 and 45. We talked about how there's been Apple Watch bands out there with the printing for 41 and 45. And the assumption to me is that they will still work with previous Apple Watch bands, but maybe they might do something where a new style or a new one will only be able to run on Apple Watch, not run, but connect properly to Apple Watch Series 7 and higher. If you don't recall, I think the Sport Loop or Sport Band on the box, it says Apple Watch Series 4 or higher. So they might they might do something similar like that, but I would say the majority of watch bands that you already have should work just fine. And if they don't, I'm going to be really, really upset. Really, really upset. Now, another thing that the Nikkei Asia reported is that and a lot of people are are shooting this down because we've never heard of this until now that this new Apple Watch Series 7 would come with blood pressure measurement capabilities. Now, currently, the Galaxy Watch has been doing that for over the past year or so. We have never heard a health sensor biometric like this be included in the Apple Watch Series 7 in any previous reports. It seems like it's a little sketchy because we've really had no indication that this was coming and other leakers have said, no, don't expect it. So we'll see. Part of the other delay is that the actual device must meet requirements for water resistance performance. And that's also increasing the engineering and production challenges. So let's say they make a tweak with this new design. Well, whatever tweaks they do still have to pass the water resistance that they've pretty much set as the benchmark. I don't know if it's going to be IP68, IP67. We'll see. But that's where we're at with the Apple Watch right now. Currently, though, how does this all fall out moving forward? Does it actually really delay the Apple Watch? Now, according to Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, who heard similar information, he's saying that the production snags are the manufacturers adjusting to this new design and will likely lead to delays based on his sources. Now, it could be, I guess you could say, delayed in a couple ways. One way is maybe we still see the announcement at the September event with the iPhone. Also, that could mean, okay, they do the announcement, but the product doesn't come out at the same time or when it was expected. Now, here's the thing. We haven't had an actual expected day, but let's say if it's a month or a month and a half away from when the iPhone releases, that's probably because there's a delay. Or they might do a different thing where similar to how the iPad Pro with the mini LED display was severely constrained, I think that first month or so, if you didn't get in that early pre-order, you had to wait like over a month to get it. That might be a similar scenario where the mini LED displays of that and the production issues and the pandemic kind of all stacked on that to make it harder to get early. So it's really going to be one of those two things. But again, a delay on the Apple Watch, if I'm pretty much using the same way, I, I know for a fact I'll like the bigger screen if it is pretty much the same form factor. I know that. But is it a is the Apple Watch I gotta have because I'm still on Series 4. I've told you all about that. I reviewed a Series 6. I haven't missed a beat. 
And yes, a new design is always kind of the most attractive thing to upgrade, but maybe it's not as big of a deal as we might have once thought or felt about. Now, we've also had new reports recently that Apple's been planning to put these new health features in the Apple Watch. This is according to the Wall Street Journal, and we've heard about this from other sources earlier. Some of these would include blood pressure trends, a thermometer for fertility and sleep tracking, sleep apnea detection, and diabetes detection, which would be blood glucose monitoring, um, at least to help with that, as well as kind of other updates. So the Wall Street Journal has been able to have access to internal documents, and they published some of these findings. But when you hear about all these different sensors, for example, let's say blood pressure. So normally, if we go to the doctor, you have that uh, that kind of inflatable cuff that they pump up and they squeeze, and then it makes you all swole, and they go like, and you just feel your heartbeat in your arm. Well, instead of that, they would actually, in Apple's system, measure the speed of the wave of a heartbeat through a user's arteries using sensors on the Apple Watch. Then it would obviously show you like your blood pressure a re- reading and how it's trending. But this this would lead maybe, okay, it's not going to be baseline systolic and diastolic blood pressure measurements, which is typically what you get. Um, if it's more trends that says, uh, your blood pressure is lower than usual, but not actual metrics and numbers, I guess it's it's kind of a preemptive heads up type warning system. And again, we know that an Apple Watch is only going to be able to do so much from an accuracy, stamp, accuracy standpoint, but if it's at least good enough and the promise is that it'll help give you guidance to maybe seek a specialist or a, a doctor, then that might be good enough. We also know, we talked about this a while ago, Rockleafotronics was, is the main company that Apple has partnered with with their sensors. And they had recently released a whole new platform that did like blood alcohol level, blood sugar monitoring, um, persp- through the perspiration in your sweat, blood pressure, a lot of these metrics. And that is really the key sensor that's being used. But we're not expecting any of this stuff this year. People, you know, reports saying, okay, well, don't expect all these features to arrive before 2022 and don't expect all of them to arrive in 2022. So when I think about what what's the biggest thing that's going to make a difference in how I use the Apple Watch, it would be quite honestly, a new type of health sensor that can help me. A screen is nice, but how many people are complaining like, oh, I've always wanted a larger screen. A larger screen is always a better and nicer bump and i'm going to i'm going to get the new apple watch but i'm just really curious once i have it in hand feature wise if it's not doing that much different what's going to be what is the difference uh we've heard reports of a new new watch faces for the larger screens okay that's nice but all these new health sensors that give it a chance to really be special they're not coming for another few years so we're just gonna have to guess what wait and see All right, thanks again to Manly Bands for sponsoring this podcast. Manly Bands help men find wedding bands that fit their personality and their budget with unique and stylish designs. So you're going to start the process with Manly Bands by getting their Manly Ring Sizer and make sure it will fit you perfectly during work and play. But then once you know your size, then here comes kind of the fun of choosing from their wide selection of materials like gold, wood, antler steel, and even dinosaur bone. Now, you can also choose from one of Manly Band's curated collections, such as the Jack Daniels Whiskey Barrel Collection. It has this kind of rugged 
woody look to it. But once you've selected your band, you get free shipping worldwide, a 30-day exchange policy, and a free warranty. Now, if you've seen me, the reason why I partner with them is that you know that I'm always wearing multiple rings and a ring is a personal thing. It also can be like a fashion statement. Now they have all these different styles of brands and I looked through a bunch of them. You got some with like different hits of color, but there's this kind of cool sports theme bands and they have this awesome titanium one called the Chamberlain. And that's themed with like an engraved basketball design on the outside of the ring. They also have others for your favorite sports. There's a cool golf one that had all the little golf ball pimples on it or baseball or soccer. That's just a small look at like how custom they can be, but there's so many metals and woods and materials. It's really impressive. And if you like wearing rings or maybe you want to switch up your wedding band for maybe a little more style, this opened up my eyes to just how many more options that they have. So to get 21% off your manly band for a limited time, Go to manlybands.com slash applebits, plus you'll get a free silicone ring. That's manlybands.com slash applebits for 21% off for a limited time. All right, let's jump over to the iPhone. And the reason why we're talking about the iPhone after the Apple Watch, I think most of the activity this week comes from the Apple Watch. But, you know, of course, it's always interesting when the iPhone is in the mix, but this story kind of took people in a different variety of different directions because initially the headline is, hey, Apple's working on satellite features for the iPhones. And then it became, uh, hold on, not really. And then it became, wait, um, they are, but it's not going to happen anytime this year. So according to the first reports, Apple is working on satellite support. This came from Ming-Chi Kuo, who's quite popular in the leaker community, and but he was outright saying the iPhone 13 was likely to support low Earth orbit satellite communication that would allow iPhone users to make calls and send messages when a cellular and Wi-Fi connection is unavailable. So he was saying, okay, Apple's working with a customized Qualcomm X60 baseband chip that supports satellite communications. Now, he claimed that Apple was going to work with a Qualcomm partner called Global Star. On this basis, that Qualcomm is implementing support for Global Star's N53 band in a future modem. So people then chimed in like, hey, hey, hold on. Okay, first of all, that X60 Qualcomm baseband chip, it's 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 not that chip that they're going to be using. They're going to be actually using the X65 if they wanted to pursue this kind of satellite communication design. But on top of that, really the the antenna in the phone and the N53 band that they're using would be more to get you more access and is kind of more variant for other 4G and 5G private networks. So instead of it being satellite right out of the gates, maybe it's more to help boost some of that 4G, 5G coverage. So it was pretty much squashed like, hey, this specifically the iPhone 13, not going to happen by multiple reporters and people that kind of dug into it after that first claim of iPhone 13 support satellite networks. But then Mark Gurman of Bloomberg said, okay, well, hold on. Not for this year, but Apple is working on emergency satellite features for iPhones. And so the specifics kind of changed to a different tone after Mark Gurman said, okay, they are working on it, but this is going to be specifically for emergency situations that would allow people to maybe report fires or crashes or disasters in areas where you have no cellular coverage. So he pointed out two emergency features that will rely on satellite networks that Apple's working on. The first one 
would be emergency messages via satellite. This would be designed to let users text emergency services and contacts using a satellite network, again, where there is no signal available. So think of it as uh, like a third communications protocol along your blue iMessage bubbles, along your green SMS text message bubbles. There would be a third one that would be gray message bubbles, not green or blue. Their message length would be restricted and they would be specifically for this texting via satellite tool. Now it's been codenamed Stewie inside Apple. Uh, Maybe some of you think of Stewie from Family Guy, but this would automatically push it through an emergency contacts phone. So I don't even know if you, if they're going to limit it to someone who is your emergency contact. It sounds like that might be part of it other than 911 and maybe an emergency contact. So again, this is still early, but this is what they're working on. Now, another one is second feature that German describes will let users report major emergencies like maybe a plane crash or like I said, fire or disasters using satellite networks similar to a 911 call in the US. And then it can provide information like a user's location, even maybe your medical ID and then alert emergency contacts. So think of it as, again, another style of SOS, but for satellite networks. And these are all features that are in the works. We don't expect them to be implemented anytime this year. And these are specifically not for just casual use, but for crisis scenarios. So the features unlikely to be ready before next year. Who knows if we'll see them next year. But if you saw this headline of Apple iPhone 13 to use satellite networks in 2021, it, I'm sorry, but that that is not happening, my friends. And I think it's a nice, definitely a nice extra special add-on in case of those emergencies, but that's not going to sell phones. So what might, you know, if we look down the future, help selling phones? How about Apple's upcoming AR VR headset? It's been really quiet on this front for a long time, but the information is reporting that, yes, their first AR VR combo headset that they've been in development with will need to be wirelessly tethered to an iPhone or another Apple device to unlock its full functionality. And this is not a surprise. This is not a a promotion or anything. But if you go to my channel, I actually did an interview with the VP and head of AR and XR for Qualcomm Snapdragon's uh, XR2 platform, which is their AR and VR headset operation and how they're using that technology. And, you know, one of the key things I said, okay, moving forward with AR VR headsets, what does it look like? What are some of the limitations or what's the future? And one of the big things they talk about is what they called split processing, where some of the work is being done on a phone and some of the work is being done in the headset unit, glass unit, but not exclusively yet because if they put all the computing power in the headset, it's gonna get really warm. Think about your iPhone itself in your pocket sometimes on a hot day. Do you want that on your face? You do not want it on your face. So. Think of this connectivity, uh, at least if in the Apple context, as similar to the Wi-Fi only version of the Apple Watch, which again, required an iPhone connection to work, but, and it was its own thing, but it still relied on the, on the iPhone. So the new headset is gonna be intended to work wirelessly and communicate with another Apple device, which will do all the heavy lifting. Now, Apple's recently completed work on their five nanometer custom chips that are set to be used 
in the headset according to the information. And that's where this kind of connectivity detail has emerged and came from. They've completed the key system on the chip that will power the headset itself along with two other additional chips. So all these three chips are ready to roll. So now what Apple's working on is the physical design. And that's for the most part wrapped up. So they're going to start trial production on this. But these chips aren't going to be as powerful as, you know, Apple Silicon and the Macs. It's not going to like they're going to throw an M1 chip. Even reports say these chips aren't going to be as powerful as the most powerful iOS devices, but they are going to be specifically tailored for this these glasses. They won't include the neural engine for AI and machine learning capabilities. So it seems like these chips are going to be really be more geared towards driving uh, imagery and content and data transmission more than anything else. Uh, decompressing video and being power efficient. Not heavy CPU stuff, but more just sending over content. Now, the the thought, though, is that this iOS device, alongside with this headset, this headset will still have a CPU and a GPU. So maybe it might have some limited functionality, standalone, not the full functionality, not the full scope of what you can do with it. But maybe there's some basic stuff that's going on there when you put them on. That remains to be seen. TSMC, a longtime partner of Apple, is manufacturing the actual chips that will be used in the headset, and mass production is set to be at least a year away. Now, their target could be released as soon as 2022. Um, We'll see, but they also warn that the launch could be pushed back if work on the device is not completed in time, and also the pandemic uh, has hampered kind of their production as well. 2022, to see an Apple VR AR headset that relies on the iPhone. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm obviously going to try it. I'm just kind of curious to see what nut Apple's going to crack that everyone else hasn't other than it's Apple and Apple's community will buy what Apple puts out. I'm, I'm really curious. Now, this AR VR headset is separate. The one that we're talking about right now is completely separate from this augmented reality smart glasses that they've been working on. And this is where the report loses me. They say that, oh, these smaller, sleeker smart glasses are expected to launch in 2023. I'll be curious to see how smart and how sleek they look. You know, I mean, that that's Apple's forte, but if maybe they're delivering a lower powered experience. Right now, the sleekest, I guess, AR VR glasses that are not AR VR glasses, but the sleekest kind of digital glasses that have some functionality period that we've seen are what? Uh, snap, no, Snapchat glasses don't even qualify. It's really more um, in the enterprise side that we've seen AR glasses that still have kind of have a lot of connectivity on it. So call me a skeptic right now, but there's no way that we get to the sleeker s- smart glasses in 2023. And I did use the words no way, so you can call me on it. But with, with the functionality that we're hoping and dreaming about, that's still a long ways away. And some kind of fun news for Apple music lovers, Apple recently acquired classical music service Primephonic, and what they're doing is they're taking that service, which is a dedicated classical music streaming service. And I love this because, you know, I haven't spent much time checking out, but you, I really was like, oh, wow, you know, the way you search for classical music, the way you interact with it, whether it's by composer, whether it's by instrument, it's completely differently laid out from how you search for kind of mainstream uh, recorded pop music, things like, I don't want to say just pop, but you get what I mean. Non-classical music is searched by artists and album where this is, could be 
This could be album. This could be composer. This could be performer. This could be instruments, right? It's different. And so Apple says that with their Prime Phonic purchase, their goal is to actually build a dedicated classical music app. I'm like, ooh, will we have to pay more for that or not? I don't know. I mean, even the listening experience to classical music is different than mainstream music. So maybe they're offering something different in how it delivers that audio as well, which could be interesting. We've already seen what they've done with spatial audio and Dolby Atmos music. So what Apple's doing, if you're familiar with Prime Phonic or not, Apple subscribers themselves, they're going to get an improved classical music experience pretty early. This is going to start with Prime Phonic playlists and audio content in the coming months. And then Apple's going to offer this dedicated Prime Phonic experience with improved browsing, search capabilities, like I said, by composer, repertoire, uh, better classical music metadata, and more. The actual Prime Phonic service will be taken offline September 7th, so that's really soon, will not be available for new subscribers, and then we're going to wait and see when Apple launches a dedicated classical music app that they say will combine um, Prime Phonic's user interface with added features. Okay. Well, wait and see. That's kind of cool. Also, for those of you that might have had issues with your iPhone 12 and 12 Pro, this before we get into this, this, is, this does not affect the iPhone 12 mini and the iPhone 12 Pro Max, just the 12 and 12 Pro. They recently announced a new service program that addresses an issue where some iPhone 12 and 12 Pro devices could experience sound issues where maybe you don't hear audio coming out of your audio receiver when you're receiving calls. So basically the receiver component just fails and you're not able to hear audio. So if you don't, if you're having an issue like this with your 12 or 12 Pro, you can obviously go reach out to Apple's own retail locations, find an Apple authorized service provider. You can go online and directly contact Apple support and try to set up a mail-in repair. But this 12 and 12 Pro new service program that they're talking about to fix this no sound issue, it's supposedly on a very small percentage of 12 and 12 Pro models according to Apple. We don't know the number. They're not gonna tell us that. But the affected devices were manufactured between October 2020 and April 2021. So that's quite a large range. And maybe it comes from a specific component from a supplier, but get that checked out in case you're wondering like, what's going on with my iPhone? I just bought it. Get get that thing fixed. Another important announcement, uh, remember WWDC where Apple showed off the Apple wallet and how it'll start being able to be be able to carry driver's licenses and state IDs. Well, we have the first states that are going to be part of this program. Arizona and Georgia will be the first two states to introduce this new innovation where you'll be able to have your driver license or state ID on Apple Wallet. So that would exist on both the iPhone and Apple Watch. After that, Kentucky, Iowa, Connecticut, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah will follow the TSA, which is the Transportation Security Administration. They're going to enable certain select airports to have security checkpoints and lanes in participating airports as the first locations that people can use this new Apple Wallet driver license state ID in the app. But again, it sounds like it's going to be really extremely limited and everyone's going to have to get used to it. Uh, initially. So we'll see kind of how the program is. It's, I don't feel like this is any time from becoming normal yet, but this is a great start. And again, Arizona and Georgia, the first two states to introduce this feature, they didn't give an exact exact timetable, but they're at least giving us that, hey, these are 
the states that are rolling out with this, I've got to imagine we'll expect to see it in the next three to six months. And so that is exciting. I mean, I love the idea of just flipping my Apple Watch on a scanner to the TSA and they have all my information and then just kind of get right through. And that that's the whole thing to make it just kind of a real seamless experience. So just want to let you know it's, it's coming. And if you're in those states, I mean, I'd be excited to check it out. That's kind of cool. And then finally, we're going to revisit this a little bit because why not? Apple, Apple Car. Have you, have you given up on the Apple Car? Do you care about the Apple Car? Are you like, oh, Tesla, Tesla, Tesla. Is the Apple Car still too late? Well, look, Apple doesn't think so. And we know the machine that Apple is, the marketing machine, the influence that they have. Apple is rumored to be going to Asia to visit Toyota as it's looking to prepare and find a supplier to mass produce a branded Apple car, according to this report by Digitimes, by 2024. That honestly, 2024, you're telling me we're going to see an Apple car manufactured for purchase? I, I just don't see that. I really don't now. According to the report, Apple reps were said to meet with South Korea's SK Group and LG Electronics to discuss Apple car development for components and aspects of it. And now Japan's Toyota is being touted as the next potential destination. Look, I'm not here to judge because I know this is ext- I know this is going to be an extremely difficult effort for Apple to produce a car and find a partner uh, that will produce a car to Apple standards. I, I'm just I'm just saying we we just known this historically. They're very particular. And they have a high level of quality control. Even something like the Tesla, uh, great tech toy, great innovation. But from a craftsmanship standpoint of and actually building a car, it's also had issues as well. And that's the type of thing that what what can where does how high a bar does Apple set for the Apple car? Now, Apple's also expecting, so they're expecting to rely on some sort of manufacturing partner to build the vehicles. That's what they've been searching for. They haven't found it yet. It also wants to, there's been plenty of reports about Apple developing new, a new battery design and new battery technology that, according to reports and Reuters earlier, has the potential to radically reduce the cost of batteries and increase the vehicle's range. There's so many moving parts and balls that they have to juggle here. I just don't see it for 2024. Um, Reuters, you know, sources said that Apple's battery technology, it's called monocle battery technology, is next level. And uh, the analogy was that it's similar to the first time you saw the iPhone. Okay, sure. I mean, this is all kind of like when you start using all, trying really just hyping it up by, making an analogy to the iPhone. I just, the, the iPhone of cars is, is Tesla. So if you're saying that there's going to be an iPhone of cars to the Tesla car or battery technology at that level, I, I guess we'll wait and see. So uh, save up everybody. 2024, <laughs> according to this potential report, is when we're going to see an Apple car. I don't see it. I just don't see it at all. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. We know just a couple weeks left. We'll see if the media invites get sent out next week for what was rumored as the target of September 7th. So much potentially to see new iPhones. 
that we already pretty much know all about. New Apple Watch that we pretty much already know about. Maybe delayed. A new AirPods 3. Maybe we'll see an iPad Mini 6 at this first September fall event. Lots just bubbling and we'll see what happens. But before we go, we obviously got to give big thanks to Patreon supporters at the Platinum Apple level. That's the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you for your contributions and thank you to everyone that continue to allow me to do this by supporting my Patreon. It is really amazing and we keep on going and it's going to get really fun in the next couple of weeks. I know I feel like I've been saying this for the past month and a half because I'm just ready. I'm ready to roll and we will be extremely bizarre. All right, everybody, until then, take care, be safe. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.